Greetings in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Welcome to all of you. And especially if you're here as guests, we welcome you and are thankful to have you with us. Appreciated uh, the many things that we've heard already today, especially the, uh, I was especially blessed with the sharing time. Uh, I thought of the verse that, I believe it's in Corinthians, says you, you all have a psalm, a doctrine, a revelation, uh, and that's a little bit what was happening this morning, and that's the intent of open mic time, for you to be able to share inspirations that uh, God has given you for the blessing and the edification of the body of Christ and I thank you for that. That was that was a that was that was a blessing. I appreciate it a lot. Also the devotional. I appreciated that idea of uh thinking about the the the, the idea of our relationship with God and and the fact that our relationship if it's comparable at all to our human relationships, our human relationships are not always stoic and sober and long-faced. In fact, if they're that, there's probably a pretty significant problem. We, I think, I think we probably all, just like Ethan said, we probably all. It just kind of, just kind of jolted us a little bit when he said having fun with God. Just, it was a little bit outside of a normal context of thinking. But when you stop and think about relationships and you think about the relationship with God and if the only thing that is appropriate with God is long-facedness and stoicness and and uh, is it a complete relationship? Now, like I think it was mentioned, not to be uh, lighthearted, not to be silly with God. We 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 know that, but it was it was a healthy thought, healthy thing, a healthy um, thing to think about a little bit. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> a dimension in in our relationship with God that maybe we don't always probably haven't thought about or. And I'm not sure how it all fits, but uh, I, I'm just I'm just willing to think about it and and uh, allow my mind to be stretched outside of what it's normally thought, perhaps. <clears throat> so again, thank you, thank you for all your input and uh, for today's message. I invite you to the Book of Genesis, chapter one, where we will. Kind of uh, will be our text, and we'll spring from that, from a, a few verses here in Genesis. <clears throat> Genesis chapter one, and we'll I'll read verses nine to thirteen. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb 
yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the third day. Now, I'm not going to uh, teach you a message on agriculture today, or how to be a farmer, but I am going to, uh, we have these, these three distinct um, plants mentioned here in these verses. We have grass, we have the herb, and we have the tree. And I'm going to draw some parallels from that, those different types uh, of plants, and draw some parallels to, I guess, to us as people, as Christians, as uh, part of uh, the body of Christ, and uh, see if there are, uh, if we can use those plants to uh, illustrate some of the differences that we as individual people uh, possess. And some of the strengths of those differences and maybe some of the weaknesses of those differences and those different gifts and perspectives. And uh, just uh, draw some parallels. Uh, I've titled today's message, Three Types of Christians. So we're going to... Uh, Use this this text as our springboard today and think about uh, our lives our in, as, our, as individuals in, in the church body and uh, how we, what role we might play. So maybe before we go further in the message, we, if you're able, stand with me and uh, we'll just have a brief time of prayer. <clears throat> Father, we're here in Jesus' name again today. We are privileged with the opportunity to gather. We have the freedom in our country. We have uh, the resources to to be here. Thank you, Lord. We have health and strength that allows us also to be here, Lord. Thank you for that. Today we think about our friends in Ukraine and surrounding areas where there's a a lot of unsettledness in their lives and conflict and war and and danger and we pray for them we pray that uh, they may have opportunity to gather in various places that they would be kept in safety as they gather that they would be able to edify and encourage each other in the journey that is uh their experience in in these days. Father, may they find strength in you, comfort in you, and may they uh, bless and build one another up. Father, we do pray for the governments of the lands. We know that the heart of the king is in your hands and you turn it whithersoever you would. We know that uh, you would be able to... Uh, intervene in powerful ways and yet many times you allow men to carry out their intentions and uh, we know that in the middle of those difficult times you're there to show yourself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are turned toward you and we thank you for that and pray that that uh, would continue that uh, people would continue to find you in the middle of the uh, great difficulties they're facing And not only in uh, Russia or Ukraine or or surrounding areas, but across the world. Father, the needs are many. Our own country is faced with a much greater dilemma, probably, of people just simply becoming cold, displacent, careless, rich, in need of nothing. And the... uh, Casualties are probably greater in uh, this setting than they are in a in a uh, t- 
difficult and turbulent environment. So, Father, may your kingdom come, may your will be done in earth, even as it is done in heaven. May your spirit continue to brood upon the earth. May your word continue to go forth. May it be preached. May hearts continue to turn to you. You are the only source of life. You are the only sustainer of life. You're the only source of peace. Thank you for that, Lord. And Father, again, as we, as we are gathered here, just bless us. Again, may, may something be shared here today uh, that is beneficial and helpful to each of us. Thank you for the things that have already been shared. Uh, many rich encouragements, things to consider and ponder, inspirations that have been given to our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Bless us now in this hour, Father, we ask in the precious name of Jesus with thanksgiving. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I'd like to read a f- couple of familiar verses to us. Matthew twenty-five, fourteen, fifteen says this, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. It is, uh, that particular scripture has three different uh, references of of talents given. Uh, Some places in scripture you find uh, more than three, but it it was of interest to me. I'm looking at a text there in Genesis where we have, Grass and herb and tree, which is three. And here in this uh, uh, scripture in Matthew, it also breaks it down into three different uh, individuals. uh, Delivering unto them five talents or two talents or one talents according uh, to every man, according to his several ability. So in... um, In... uh, Thinking about this, first of all, uh, we're going to think about the uh, characteristics of uh, these different tree uh, plants, and uh, and then we will go on and and uh, draw some parallels between those plants and their characteristics and us as individuals, as individual people in the body of Christ. So there's three types of plants. Then the first, which is grass. Just some uh, just some things about these uh, three different plants. The first, which is grass, uh, the seed is not conspicuous or easily noticed. Uh, you don't look out across a uh, field of grass and oh, there's seed at the top there. Oh yeah, it's full of seed. No, you don't. The grass is fairly. Uh, the seed is not uh, the dominant. Uh, characteristic of that plant. The second, which is the herb, the seed is conspicuous and it is a striking characteristic of the plant. And the third, which is a tree, the seed is enclosed in the fruit and the fruit is conspicuous. In other words, stands out noticeable. In the first, the grass, the green leaf or blade is prominent. In the second, the stalk. And in the third, the woody texture. They're all very distinctly different one from another. And yet they all fill a very prevalent need in the whole of agriculture or in the whole of our ecosystem. Each of those plants, there would be something missing if if we would take any one of them away uh, in our uh, ecosystem. <clears throat> so, um, as we think about uh, 
these different plants and think about drawing parallels, I'd like to read a verse, in, uh, two verses, or a couple of verses here in First Peter. Peter says, Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. In this uh, scripture, we again have three different uh, things mentioned. He mentions hospitality. He mentions speaking. And he mentions ministering. And he also uh, mentions the fact of doing it as of the ability which God gives. So, <clears throat> so again, the, uh, the, the three different... Uh, the number three. <laughs> I guess that's the number that we're working with this morning. So the the one instruction is exercise hospitality one to another. That's something that every one of us can do and every one of us are instructed to do. In other areas, there might be more specific giftings like, uh, uh, as it says here, if any man speak, let him speak. As of the oracles of God, if any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. That uh, so, it's uh, uh, in some in some things uh, in some of these things that we will look at. We all are well able and are well uh, whether we're whether we're comparable to grass or herbs or trees. We're all well able. In other things, there might be more specific giftings, more specific. Uh, that some might excel in and others not as much so. Romans 12, uh, maybe you could turn to that. Uh, Romans 12, verses 6 to 8. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, or he that giveth let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that sheweth mercy with cheerfulness." And I'm going to stop there. Um, but again, the uh, the idea of differing gifts and abilities, different differing uh, strengths and weaknesses, perhaps. And we have a similar idea, or yeah, a similar scripture in First Corinthians 12, and you can turn to that as well. First Corinthians 12, verse four to verse 11. says, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing, by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of, of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all members of that one body being being many are one body in are one body, so also is Christ. Um, 
So, while we will look at um, different uh, characteristics in our lives, different strengths and different weaknesses that we may have, uh, we want to recognize that that is the way God designed us and that is the way God intended it. And uh, that's the capacity or the yeah the uh, level in which we function. All right. So, the first one that the scripture gave us there in uh, in uh, Genesis was grass. So, who here resembles grass as a Christian in your characteristics and the the spot you fill in the body of Christ? Um, grass is a low-growing plant. It is a tender plant, it is a sensitive plant, and yet it is a very durable plant. You can cut it down, you can tramp on it, and yet it will spring right back. So, is there anyone here that might uh, have some of those characteristics? Uh, You know, grass is not generally, um, if you look out across the uh, landscape, uh, let me say it this way. How many of you have uh, recently, how many of you have seen on WhatsApp status a picture of someone's grass? You know, just they went out in the backyard and it was Nice and green. They took a picture of it and put it on status. You probably didn't see one of those. Probably never. Maybe never. But you probably have seen uh, various pictures that look out across the landscape. Um, and there's trees and there's the sky and there's, you know, all sorts of things that catch the eye. Grass is not one of those things generally that uh, just catches the eye and is the first thing you notice. Does that mean it's not important? I think we all know the answer to that. We'll talk about that more as we go. Perhaps a person who uh, resembles grass... And the qualities of, a, of grass, perhaps as we think about uh, that person might be tempted to feelings of inferiority or feeling like they're not important or feeling like they're not useful or feeling like they don't have a real important place in, in the body of Christ. The qualities of this person may often be overlooked uh, because it. It's not, it doesn't just stand right out. It doesn't just catch, you know, the first thing you see when you, when you look. Perhaps this person has a ministry of prayer. Uh, maybe more of a hidden ministry. One that is not as noticed, not as out front. Might be a ministry of prayer. Might be that of uh, encouraging notes, encouraging words, encouraging uh, letters. Things that most of us never see, and yet there are recipients of that blessing, of that uh, gift. And there are those who are being the recipients of it. This person may not be as useful in developing, in the development of truth, strength, and conviction in the body of Christ, but... They have a tremendous ability to prevent the erosion of what has already been established. Think about grass. Grass has a very uh, specific purpose in preventing erosion, right? Anywhere you want to prevent erosion, what do you do? You put grass there. 
many times. So, while this person might not be out front, they might not be that teacher that's teaching those powerful messages. They might not be that person who is, who is uh, uh, dividing the word of truth. But, they are a person who is able and has a tremendous uh, ability to recognize when things are being eroded and they are able to prevent and help prevent the erosion of truth and uh, in the the body of Christ. This person has the ability to retrieve wisdom from life's experiences and assimilate it into the, the body for the profit of all. You know, that is grass. Grass uh, uh, assimilates, retrieves nutrients from the ground and from the air and, and exchanges them back and forth and then others, other crops benefit from it. And that uh, uh, maybe that, uh, that's a strength of this uh, person who resembles grass. Able to retrieve wisdom from life's experiences and assimilate, into the, assimilate it into the body for the profit of all. So, that's some of the characteristics of grass. Perhaps you would think of more. Uh, That is actually all I have on grass. But you can be sure that if our, uh, like I said earlier, if our ecosystem were missing grass from its uh, lineup, uh, we would have some significant problems uh, in our uh, I'm not sure in these thousands of years where this, what the shape of this earth would be in if it wouldn't have grass. What would the church be, shape would the church be in if it wouldn't have those people who have those characteristics that we talked about and probably more? The hidden characteristics, the ones that are not so quickly seen and yet play a very dominant role in the uh, in the body of Christ they are very important all right the next point we like to think about is the is that christian who resembles an herb plant now when the scripture uses these uh, terms uh, grass herbs and trees um, you know when we use the word herbs today at least in our uh, part of the world, uh, when we use the word herbs, we're talking about a specific uh, lineup of plants that are uh, medicinal. And, uh, but in the scripture, this term is actually uh, being used of a wider array of plants. Uh, there's two definitions that I found, or yeah, two, de- two definitions that came right up when I, when I uh, searched the definition of the word herbs. Any plant with leaves, seeds, or flowers used for flavoring food, medicine, or perfume. And that's kind of the way we use the word herb today. But then the next uh, definition is any seed-bearing plant that does not have a woody stem and dies to the ground after flowering. Um, and that is the way the word is used in Scripture much more. And that would basically include uh, a whole wide array of plants. That, In fact, it says here, the banana plant is the world's largest herb. <laughs> the, the banana plant bears its fruit, and then it dies, and then a new shoot comes out. Uh, so, when we think about uh, herbs, the herbs in general are very durable plants. They have a good uh, drought tolerance. It, of course, varies uh, with different ones and are able to withstand considerable amounts of stress. These plants provide a variety of nutrients, vitamins, and spices which build up and strengthen our physical bodies. So, are there people in uh, 
the body of Christ who are could be considered an herb. <laughs> Maybe you're one of those that resembles the herb plant. Perhaps this person is one who's uh, very steady, not easily moved, able to endure considerable stress. Maybe that's some of the characteristic of an herb plant. You know, sometimes you think about, uh, we think about our plants in, in, in our general cultivation of things and, and we plant our nice rows and they're all spaced just right. And But if you go into the, the wild a bit more or into the, the uh, desert west and, you know, you'll find plants out there in the, heat and in the dearth and there they are and they're growing and they're bearing fruit and and probably nobody planted them there but there they are uh, so we have to think a little bit outside of our own uh, points of reference as we think about some of these things so maybe this person is uh, like that durable plant out there that has uh, the ability to stand, withstand lots of stress. And like this uh, plant that provides lots of nutrients and lots of uh, uh, vitamins and spices in life, perhaps you're one of those kind of people that uh, is able to, uh, to, as the scripture says, a word fitly spoken in due season. You know, a person who is able to give that word... Uh, in fact, that's Proverbs 25.10. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. The, uh, I found a, a bit of a, a rendition of that verse. It says it this way. A word spoken with pro- propriety, opportunely, and suitably to the occasion. It is as much in its place... As conspic- and as conspicuously beautiful as the golden fruit which appears through the ap- apertures of an exquisitely wrought silver basket. Um, so that's the, that's a rendition of the verse apples of gold in pictures of silver. Uh, this person uh, provides input in word and action that provides... Nourishment and growth to others in the body of Christ. Uh, they're able to speak that word in due season. Able to give that word of encouragement. Give that word of reproof. Give that word of uh, uh, blessing that uh, is needed when it's needed. Fitting words. You know, herbs are often useful in building the body's immune system so that we're better able to resist germs and viruses. Perhaps this person brings a high resistance against deception and error in faith and practice. Uh, just like... Uh, Herbs build our body against diseases and viruses. This person brings a high resistance against deception and error in faith and practice. Herbs, herbs are in many ways a standalone plant. They can be at least, like I said, we, we cultivate them and tend to put them in. Uh, but they can. They can very much, in the wild, they can be very much a standalone plant. And yet... The truth of the matter is, they will yield more fruit if they are surrounded by other plants that provide cross-pollination. That's a general rule of thumb uh, in, uh, not, 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 not across the board, but it is a general rule of thumb that multiple plants together will produce better than a, an individual plant of a given kind. Because of cross-pollination. So this person may be tempted 
to be to individualism, may be tempted to stand alone. And yet, if blended in the, in a body, they are more fruitful. So, uh, yeah, because of that cross interaction, become more fruitful, which all of us actually do. Also, herbs can be a bit pungent, maybe even bitter by themselves. You know, you, uh, and I'm specifically thinking of things like uh, basil and uh, oregano and what's that other one I'm looking for? Garlic. Maybe that's not an herb. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> A bit pungent on their own. And maybe that, uh, maybe this person can be a bit abrasive, a bit pungent in their approach, maybe uh, uh, in their approach of truth, maybe at times lacking grace in in, uh, their approach. And yet, herbs are a very necessary part of our diet. And this person is a very needful part of brotherhood development and growth. Um, The person who resembles an herb plant. Strengths and weaknesses, we all have them. Areas that we're strong in, areas where we, our contribution is useful and needful and helpful and would be very much missed. And then areas where we tend to uh, be weak in. All right. So the next one is the tree. And we, uh, as we think about a Christian who resembles a tree, we trees are a picture of strength. They're deeply rooted. They stand tall. And they're not easily moved. Plus, probably a host of other things. Trees are always stretching to new heights, never content to stay low to the ground. That's some of the characteristics of a tree. Trees bear much fruit for the nourishment of all who partake. So, are you one of those who resembles a tree? One of those who is Continually stretching for new heights in your Christian experience, in your walk with God. Never content to be stagnant or stop growing. Always stretching for more. This person is bursting with vision and generally has a long range view in focus. This person is able to see trouble far off and is able to stand against uh, attacks of the enemy. And this person bears much fruit for the nourishment of the body of Christ. What are some of the possible weaknesses of this great uh, lofty Strong tree. You know, trees tend to tower way above all the other plants. And generally under the trees, other plants are stunted. Because there's a, uh, there's a block actually of sunshine and such that comes in. Is it possible that uh, this person could, uh, in towering strength, intimidate those around him, thus stunting their growth? Is it possible that this person might have difficulty stooping down to those below and and uh, meeting them where they're at? Think about the weaknesses of a tree, perhaps, a person who resembles a tree. 
Trees are a very needful component in our daily lives, in, in, in uh, our ecosystem. And this person is a very needful part of the Christian brotherhood. While there are weaknesses, we recognize that in every, every one of us. There are strengths in every one of us. And the, the uh, best thing any of us can do is to recognize both and uh, respond accordingly to those strengths and weaknesses. So three different uh, plants and uh, just some illustrations on how we might compare to them. I'd like to now just go on to uh, uh, just show an example from the, 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 the disciples and how while there were, they were not compared to trees, there were comparisons made. They weren't compared to plants. You know, trees or herbs or. But in uh, in First John or in the Gospel of John, uh, maybe we could turn to that one. John, chapter one, verse forty-two. John one forty-two. And this is where Andrew uh, brings Peter or uh, Simon to Jesus. And uh, in verse 42, and he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. But he didn't stop there. He says, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. So here. Jesus used a stone as an illustration to illustrate the character and personality of Peter. And uh, then if we go on to, uh, if we turn over to Mark 3, we uh, go in the wrong direction here, Mark 3, Mark 3 verse 14 And reading several verses. And he ordained twelve that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. And Simon, he surnamed Peter and James, the son of Zebedee and John, the brother of James, he surnamed them Bonerges, which is the sons of thunder. Uh, There he also identified them with a characteristic uh, for some reason or another. And as we think about Peter, uh, you know, Peter was the first to preach there at Pentecost. Uh, Peter was the first to introduce the gospel to the Gentiles. Uh, Peter was a, he was a, he was a rock in the in the establishment of the Church of Jesus Christ. Um, so he was he was he was compared to a rock. And then we have James and John, who are are called thuns, sons of thunder. Um, and I don't exactly know what that all means, but in Luke nine, we have a little glimpse into their lives. In Luke 9:51, reading verse 51 through 56, and it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, and sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said. Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. 
I don't know if this had anything to do with that uh, fact that uh, it, if this was part of that personality that uh, caused Jesus to call them sons of thunder or not, but uh, it was obviously a um, they were uh, they were ready to take action, and uh, Jesus had to tell them that they were not aware of the spirit that they were operating in. John is later known as the disciple of love, uh, and his gospels and his epistles speak much of love. Uh, so, anyhow, that's just a little glimpse into uh, a couple of examples where Jesus actually used illustrations that illustrated the character of these individuals. So, while we uh, we are here, we are part of the body of Christ, and uh, we are obviously gifted in different ways. We have different strengths and we have different weaknesses, and that is all part of God's design. Uh, here's the verse, or a couple of verses here in 1 Corinthians 12 again. Uh, verse 4 to 6, now there are diversities of gift, but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of, of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Um, all part of God's design, God's intent, uh, God's uh, way of functioning. Diversities of gifts, diversities of personalities in which those gifts work. Diversities of administrations, but it's one God who oversees it all. And uh, and then we have this verse in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12. For we dare not make ourselves, we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. That's a good word for us at any time in life. But it's a good word for us in brotherhood life. Um, it's a temptation that we all face without doubt. A temptation to um, compare ourselves with others, compare our gifts with someone else's gifts, our abilities with someone else's abilities. Um, it can work several ways. We can compare ourselves and feel like we're inferior and we don't have much use and don't have anything to offer. Um, and thus not exercise the gifts we do have and Contribute the the things that we could contribute. Or it can work from the side of uh, we can compare ourselves and feel like we're the ones who have the gift. And we're the ones who are know how to do it. We're the ones who are able. And unfortunately, that doesn't work real well either. And God usually doesn't waste a lot of time in helping us to understand that that's actually not the case. Uh, and we've probably all been there in, in, in those kind of ideas as well in life and felt like our idea was the best idea and our, our perception was the best perception and so on. And our, our way, yeah, we've probably been there. And God is gracious in helping us understand that, yeah, we're just pretty small. Either side of the coin, comparing ourselves among ourselves, doesn't help anyone anything. Doesn't profit the body. Doesn't profit uh, us. But recognize, recognize that we are incomplete of ourselves and that we have the need of the breadth and dimension that the gift of gifting of others brings to us. Strive to exercise our gifts to the edification of the body. Uh, and again, just uh, say thank you for the sharing time. You know, that's exercising different gifts. Uh, and that's not the only way to do it. There's lots of ways. 
And uh, just closing with this thought, everyone has something useful to contribute. Everyone has a gift. Everyone has abilities. Everyone has something to contribute. And uh, I want to encourage us to... To do that, <laughs> to uh, to contribute what we have, what our gifts are, our abilities, where we can, as we can, make up, uh, look for opportunities and contribute to the to the body, and uh, all will benefit, all will be blessed. So I want to encourage us with that. Uh, Three different types of Christians. I, uh, if we go into the giftings, there would be more than three. <laughs> but anyhow, our comparison was three this morning. So may God uh, encourage our hearts and uh, help us to be useful in the body and contribute in a positive way. Let's close again with prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you again for this this body. Thank you for the members you have put in this body and the giftings that you have given them. And thank you, Lord, for your body across the, the world, the many church bodies. Thank you, Lord, and pray that you would continue to, to bless and to build your church to purify your church, to prepare your church for the uh, great day of your coming. So, Father, again, bless each one present. Bless those who maybe had a desire to be here and were not able. Be with them. Meet their needs. And, Father, keep us in your care. Grant us courage and grace to continue faithfully. We thank you again in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.